the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Now, this is August. August in Southern California is always such a nice, breezy time, especially in the Inland Empire here. We're just enjoying the the onshore flow of the cooler temperatures, and that's nothing like that at all, is it? No. 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 Folks, joining me here, I have Jim Matthews. Jim Matthews, the famous Jim Matthews from Outdoors News Service, uh, one of the longtime... Well, besides you, one of the last me. surviving. Go ahead, say it, Phil. One of the last surviving old-time right. outdoor writers in Southern right. California. Look, look at the time. We're thirty-five seconds into the show. I've lost control. Uh, yeah. I don't think you ever had <laughs> control. Over. I've been, I've listened there to the show. There it is. I'll we'll be just back. Call it. Hey, call me when you're done. Uh, I got lots of stories. <laughs> Like I was telling you, did I tell you I'm related to Hemingway? Yes, yes, you do. All it's the all, Adams presidents are related to it's all, it's on the same tape. Oh. Get some new stuff. We've got to move on. Okay, folks, Philip Damon, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at FiringLineRadio.com, where you can get our podcast, so you can bring this with you everywhere you go. This Uh-oh. is better than man bun music, according to Jim Matthews. Man bun music. <laughs> Let's don't go there. You have to, you have to hear the, the, pre, the pre-game show to understand that one. Okay, so... Why do I have Jim Matthews in here? Well, because... That's a good question. You know, it's one I've, I've asked several times in the last five minutes. I burn up a lot of time. That's why. I'm a fill-in guy. I can tell. This show's already got out of control. Just drive into the wall now, guys. Just just drive into the wall now. There, there, we can't get back from here. Anyway, Jim has some amazing historical context. I'm not going to say you're an old guy who's been around a long time. But Jim has a lot of historical context to bring to Southern California hunting and his specialty, well, one of his specialties is upland game hunting. And we're kind of getting into that frame at this point in time, right? Less than a month away from Dove Opener. Everybody is excited. See, I I do the enthusiasm thing really well, don't I? (laughs) Yes, Jim. It's good. Good job, Jim. Okay, we're moving on to the next subject. The the reality is is that uh, doves probably are the most hunted game bird in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody, every state that has a season opens at the same day, September 1st, always. It's a national deal. And there's only a couple of states that don't have dove season. So I, I like to describe dove opener as... Opening day. Well, no, I call it the rolling thunder. 
Shooting time is a half hour before sunrise everywhere in the country, so the rolling thunder starts on the eastern seaboard when dove season opens. And if you get up early and listen, you can hear it as hunters across the country start firing at those little gray birds and getting enough food for a meal. And you can hear it as the sun rises and it rolls across the United States. It is the largest, largest single participatory sporting event in the world. How's that? I like it. That's why I get excited about it. It's exciting. So now let's talk about California. California. Now we I don't think they hunt doves in uh, in Hawaii, but um, <clears throat> they might actually. I think they have a dove season too, but they're probably I, Eurasian. In, in Kauai, birds. they should be shooting the chickens, man. Those things are everywhere, <laughs> and you get more than a meal. Anyway, um, so in California, we've had some rule changes this year that are going to affect some people. They need to be aware of. Well, this is the first year that the uh, non-lead ammunition ban goes in for all hunted species in California. 100%. Yep, 100%. We've been phasing it in uh, the last couple of years. We've had to, you know, you had to shoot it for larger game birds. So everything from chucker and bigger, you had to shoot non-lead starting two years ago. And then, you, you know, so, but this year is the first year for everything, whether it's big game, small game, varmints, or, or the any entire kind of, state. In, in the entire state, you're, you have to shoot non-lead. Uh, that's the bad news. Uh, it was passed on, you know, dubious, dubious science. No science. How's that? Uh, but, but the good news is, is that we have, thankfully, good alternatives. So, you know, the most of the guys I know, I and I've been shooting steel for, for especially doves the last two or three years because I traditionally hunt on state wildlife areas where it's been required for three years now. And so I've been shooting steel for several years for doves, and I don't have any problems with it. Well, a dove, a dove's a pretty light bird. It comes yeah. down pretty quick. So. And, and I've you know, and I've hunted with steel for a lot of stuff, upland birds, you know, for twenty five years because ducks and well, geese. well, when it was passed for ducks and geese, I got as much of the small stuff as they made. I got a lot of number sixes because, I, you know, reading the handwriting on the wall in this state, I could see it coming. And so I started shooting it for quail and chucker, and it was like, wow, this stuff performs okay. You know, I mean, it's not. I didn't feel handicapped. I can't hit stuff past 35 yards anyway, so maybe I should preface this with that. So I, I didn't notice any different. And, you know, it starts out faster. I always joke with guys and say, you, you know, I'm hitting more birds in, you know, in the forward part of the bird and not shooting their tail feathers off as much because it's just going faster, you know, in, in that 35-yard range, most of the, the steel. So, you know, I... I like it fine, you know. So let's talk about the difference between shooting lead and steel. Now, lead is obviously a denser material, tends to carry its energy out a little bit farther than that. Because the steel is lighter, you have uh, faster velocity coming out the barrel, but it does tend to slow down. Right. And, and, and the way that most guys combat that, and you, and this is something that you'll need to mess around with your own guns. Most guys won't notice a difference with steel sevens, which you'll shoot for doves. You, you won't notice much of a difference in patterning, or in shooting in the field. Doves being a fairly light bird, you get a couple of pellets in them, they come down pretty easily. Uh, but as you go to a little bit larger birds or tougher birds, I think guys will want to go up at least one shot size than what they used to shoot. So you mean down, down the number, yeah, up in size. Uh, yeah, larger size. So you go from, say you shoot seven and a half for quail, you'll probably want to shoot sixes. And, and the good thing about that is, is that the, the, pellet count in let's just say a one ounce load of sixes in steel is about the same as a seven seven and a half pellet count in lead so you're going to have pretty equivalent pattern density and you're shooting a little bit bigger pellet that has about the same pellet energy out to about 40 yards as as lead so 
you know, in with the new loads, there's not a whole lot of difference in patterning. We used to recommend that guys shoot one pattern, you know, one choke size more open. So if you shot modified, shoot improved. If you shot full, shoot improved, modified, or or modified. I shoot skeet skeet. You'll be you probably won't notice a difference then. <laughs> Take the choke out. Yeah, you, yeah. If you shoot skeet skeet, you know, you might uh, you'll kill birds a little harder sometimes maybe but actually the the new loads they pattern very similarly i've been doing some patterning with some of the new kent and winchester and it, i can't so, tell a difference so you like the winchester what other brands are you using i haven't, uh, I haven't shot up in game steel so i'm asking uh, i've used them all i i mean i i've used literally everything i've used uh remington federal winchester kent uh and and all of those and and uh i they they all everybody's making good ammunition today let's be honest Okay. Um, I I think uh, that most guys who hunt doves usually buy whatever's the cheapest promotional load. Four ninety nine for twenty five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those not, days are gone though. Well, actually, if the manufacturers start making steel in the volume that they made lead, because the raw material steel, which is really their iron pellets, iron's cheaper than lead by a lot, and the the most expensive component in a shot shell is the shot charge. And if they really got volume up and started doing that. You would see 499 boxes again, um, you know, in promotional loads. Uh, it, it'd probably be cheaper than lead uh, at some point down the road. But that's, you know, that's if uh, they don't uh, do a little bit of profit taking, which I think they will, uh, and and try to compete in the marketplace. So you'd be surprised. I think that the the price of steel, most of the stuff I've seen so far this year is 699, 799 for a box of 25. That's not too bad. I mean, no, that was that's not bad. That was the price of high base sixes. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah, going to get a, a good yeah, field sure. load in lead, you know, seven ninety nine or or so, more than that. I mean, the duck loads are like twenty five bucks a, a box. Yeah, but they were in, they were in lead too because you the got high base, yeah. you know, buffered all that kind of stuff um, yeah. when you shot lead. So the the pricing I think is not. It's probably you're. It's going to be comparable to what lead would be with inflation. So I, I don't think it'll be that big a difference this year for guys that are shooting uh, that are shooting steel. You, you know, I, well, I and here's the other thing is that if you go to the river. If you step across and you're hunting in the, out of Arizona. Right. On the Arizona side, you can still shoot lead in Arizona. So be careful if you do that. You're not coming back across with lead ammunition and in the lead hunting area or non-lead hunting area with the wrong ammo. Well, no, you can you can have the ammo in possession. You just can't not have it in the field. Yeah. 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 You don't want to leave it in your vest. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, there's still, there are other places where you, even in Arizona, where you have shooting on lead. If you hunt the Cibola National Wildlife Refuge, which looks like it's going to be one of the dove hotspots this year. Um, you, you know, you need to shoot steel there too, and because steel has been required on Cibola for a number of years, uh, this, the couple of places in Blythe where you buy ammo, you know, and plus it's been now the last couple several years required at Palo Verde Ecological Reserve, which is right there where most of the guys hunt in Blythe. The two stores in Blythe carried pallets of steel. Right. So if you if you forgot and then see the sign, you know, your scout, they, it was like, oh, I, there it is. They have it in town. I can go get it. Awesome. So. Hey, folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. I'm here with my guest, Jim Matthews, the crazy Jim Matthews. You may have heard of him. Outdoornewsservice.com is his website. Find out more about him there. And we're going to be back right after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. 
As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, you know, every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights that are afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, wants to encourage everyone to take advantage of their constitutional rights under the Second Amendment. August is National Shooting Sports Month, and each Saturday in August, Vince will be hosting a series of informative clinics to help encourage participation in the aspects of the shooting sports that over 50 million Americans currently enjoy. This is the perfect time for the shooting sports enthusiast to introduce someone to new to the sports. Join me, Philip Naiman, on August 10th at Bullseye Sport. I'll be conducting a clinic on long-range shooting and big game hunting. That's Saturday, August 10th at Bullseye Sports in Riverside. For more information about the clinics, call Bullseye Sports in Riverside, 951-823-0211. Folks, this is going to be 10 o'clock in the morning is the long-range shooting seminar. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon is the big game hunting seminar. It's a couple of hours. These are introductions. This is not come feast deeply. This is wet the beak. Uh, according to Vince, he says, just just give them enough information. Don't bore them to death like you always do everybody else. He, he's talking about you, of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> Some of Talk- us are always entertaining. <laughs> Some of you are legends in your own mind. Yeah, well, hey, my uh, boys say the same thing. I don't understand that. Speaking of which, uh, this is Jim Jim Matthews, folks. He's OutdoorNewsService.com. He does seminars, and he does seminars across the state as newest one coming up is going to be on the 17th was it 17th at microhaga shooting enterprises All right. uh, and what's these this are, on these are public land bird hunting seminars we cover hunting t- t- tips techniques tactics but probably most importantly is is we help people find places to hunt on public lands in southern california you know it, it drives me nuts that people tell me oh there's no place left to hunt in southern california and it's like no we have as much or more public land you know, than we've ever had and fewer hunters today than we had, you know, fewer hunters. That's for sure. Boy, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I started doing the, the seminars is to try to get people to bring, you know, 
get more people into the sport. Bring young guys. You young guys that want to get into it. Old guys that want to come back and you know get lean protein. Whatever it is. I like young guys getting into it when we're big game hunting, so they can help me haul that stuff out of the box. Oh yeah, that's and... that's why we have children, isn't it? <laughs> my, yeah, my my boys didn't realize what they were getting into. <laughs> Dad, we were just born. What are you doing? Yeah, it's yeah. So the seminars are there are that or that kind of thing. I mean, you know, statistically, you look at what's happened in California. When I started hunting in in the 1960s as a kid, I uh, see. I'm Eight, old. I'm, Eighteen what? Yeah, no, I, I'm old. California wasn't even a state yet when you were hunting. Yeah, well, that's true. But when I back then, there was you know tw- the the population was only 20 million in this state, and we had. 850,000 annual hunting licenses sold. You know, today the population is 30 million. And do you know how many annual hunting licenses we sell to residents in this state? I think 120,000. No, that's how many buy upland bird stamps. Twice that. We sell 250,000 hunting licenses. Yeah, and, and, you know, we sell, I think, about 120 or 150,000 deer deer tags. I know that uh, and LA County had a le- has 11,000 hunters in LA County. People who buy licenses in the entire LA County of 13 million. Pretty small. I think I know them all. <laughs> I mean, really, the community's getting that small. I joke with people. It's like you're out somewhere and it's like you run into somebody in the field. It's like, we've met before. I'm sure you have the same deal. You go to a few shows and pretty soon you feel like you know everybody. Yeah. It's a little community anymore, you know, in each, Which is- especially in each niche, you know, the deer hunting community is a small group of guys. Yeah. The bird hunting community, same thing. So, so, uh, if you go to the website, outdoornewsservice.com, outdoornewsservice.com forward slash seminars, you have an entire list of seminars. You're doing some midweek, some on Saturdays. And this one we're going to help you promote is August 17th at Rahagas. Now, Rahagas is a great place to go out. You can uh, do some shooting out there, get your seminar done, get your map marked by Jim. If you give him an extra 50 bucks, he maps, he marks the map. Now you just subscribe to the bird newsletter. It's easier. I, I do a newsletter too, Phil. Everybody Western gets that. Western birds, yeah. Everybody, that, that's that's everybody part of the, that's part of the deal. Telling you, you give him fifty bucks on the side, he'll mark the map for you. Oh, the guzzler's right here. That's all I know. All the maps, man. That's what I do. <laughs> I, hey, you, you know, I, I get guys give me grief. You know, oh, you're hot spotting. You're making giving away the good spots. It's like God. I know all the good spots. Plus, there's about twenty around that what you think is your secret spot that you don't know about. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you know, I've been doing this for so long that my brother-in-law is my scouting partner, uh, RG, you know, and um, we were at one of these seminars. He usually tags along and somebody was saying, because I was just going through places and they were asking about this mountain. I'm saying, well, you know, the last time we were there, or they were asking about this canyon. I said, well, the last time we were there, one of the guys finally asked, he says, is there any place you haven't been in Southern California? And I looked at RG and I said, is there? And, and he says, there's a few dirt roads we haven't driven before, you know, but it's like, yeah, you know, you do it for 50 years and you, and you like to explore, you know, pretty soon you've covered a lot of the bases and yeah, I know the region probably as well as anybody. I did a little scouting last week. Um, I had jury duty on a Monday. Oh, I'm sorry. I know I was out in Riverside. And so I thought uh, out of banning at that little place out there and I thought, you know, they let me go at two thirty, So they wasted the entire day. So I'll, I'll just go check out some of the stuff. So I got on my Google Maps, and I knew a couple of canyons I wanted to go see, and I saw some nice nice chucker out in that direction. And Google, Google Maps says, take this dirt road back up to this canyon. So I'm on it, and I've got my two-wheel drive truck. And I look, and I see some soft sand, so it's no big deal. I'm keeping my speed up. I just roll through it, roll through it, come around the corner, freaking six-foot washout, nothing but gravel. 
I mean, not gravel. I'm talking boulders. Boulders, yeah, yeah. You know, because that big February storm just blew everything out. Thanks, Google Maps. And it was around a turn, so you couldn't see it coming. So what happened? You got stuck. My two-wheel drive truck in the soft sand. I got to back up. This is done. We're done. Yeah, fortunately, I found two uh, two little kids lived out there and gave them 50 bucks each, and we unburied the truck. (laughs) All right. That's what you have to do. You have to go drive the dirt roads. You You have to get out, and you have to look. And you don't do it. You don't go dove scouting the morning of September 1st, and you don't go right. the second Saturday in October to f- try and find the chucker or the quail. You need to find them now. Right. And, and you know, for guys that work for a living, the, i got to say that there's some really good resources where for people that can't get out until, let's say, opening day of dove season, uh, there's actually, you know, and there, this is one of the few things that the, our State Department of Fish and Wildlife does right, is they provide you know, seed and money to volunteers to plant fields that are just for doves. And then those maps are available on the department website, you know, in different places. And the guy sent San Jacinto right here. Yeah, we're the San Jacinto Wildlife Area. And, and you know, those maps are available free. Uh, and it's one of those things where if, if if you get busy and you can't go out, Scout, but you still want to go, you can look at those resources and you can go out opening morning. And, yeah. and that's the beauty of doves. It's a little more difficult with all other species to do that, but doves, at least you can do that. Let's with. talk about opening morning, okay? Opening morning, a lot of people will try and pile into the same place, same field, okay? Yeah, it's a real collegial atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. I love it. And so, so safety has to become paramount. Yeah, safety and etiquette are two of the things that, and it always amazes me because my boys like hunting those fields. They're, you know, they're, they spend so much time on commute, computers, I think they like the social interaction with other hunters and stuff. So they go visit and talk. And that, that's that's the thing, is, is that you have to be, like I say, it is a collegial event. Because those fields can have guys every 25 yards or 20 yards. And so here's what that means, is when you have a low-flying bird, you do not shoot down the line. Well, yeah, you, you've got to be safe. Um, you're going to get, the, be, let's say, at a corner of a field. There'll be guys across from you at seventy, uh, at 150 yards. And a bird will fly, and it's you think, okay, that's high enough up. That's 30 yards in the air. And guys will shoot. Well, what happens is, is pellets drop pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So you'll actually, a guy on the other side will get a little peppered. But You'll rain on them. Yeah, well, rain is when you shoot up and they come down. But you, you'll actually, and, and even at that, because we're shooting small shot, you wear shooting glasses, you wear protection, and you remind guys that don't, you know, hey, watch the low bird, you know, it, especially if you get peppered, because it means it's a guy, you know, 200 yards across from you, you know? Yeah. So, and so, so it, it's one of those things where it's a real social event. You, you have to be prepared for that. Make sure you have you, shooting glasses that wrap around. Right, and, so you have to be prepared, but you as the shooter have to realize that correct. every, and I, yep. I stress this a lot, you own every pellet you send in the air. That's right. Until it Absolutely. until it stops in the dirt, it's got your name on it. You're responsible for whatever it does. So, you know, if you you know you look around and you've got a low flying bird, don't let it go. Yeah, that's right. There, there's going to be lots of them. That's the beauty of those too. Is you don't have to shoot at every bird that comes by. You can heckle the guy next to you because he misses it three times. That's always a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, wait. Let me tell a quick story. I got to tell a quick story. Got, we right. were we were down we were down uh, real quick. We were down at one of the big fields down there, and a bird comes in on the edge of the field. Our entire group misses it. The few group next to us misses it. The next group misses it. The bird's flying in a straight line right along the edge of the field. Finally, somebody you know, as it's getting towards the end of the field, somebody yells, "Somebody kill that dove!" I mean, it's fun, folks. Dove opener. That's what it's all about. It's a real social event. That, that bird probably had, you know, 100 rounds fired at it and continued on out of the field. Everybody laughing and giggling. It was a drone. 
Well, maybe. You never know. I, I don't think anybody hit it. It was just, it was hysterical. Good. That's one for the bird. Hey, folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our podcast at firinglineradio.com. Find out more from the massive Jim Matthews here. Massive is in popularity. Outdoornewsservice.com. Outdoornewsservice.com forward slash seminars. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Check out our podcasts at Firing Line Radio. Dot com podcasts are all up there. Gabe, Gabe's in checking in here. He posts those every week for us, so we got them all up there. Podcasts are there; they're free. Subscribe to them, and you could win. You could win a McMillan MC3 polymer rifle stock for Remington 700s, short action, long action, either in the target style or the hunting style. He just came out with a new Sonoran camo. Hopefully, we'll get a shipment of those in pretty soon. Anyway, easy to win. Subscribe to the podcasts. Um, and you're eligible. We'll pick somebody randomly. The only rules are, number one, uh, no complaining. Number two, see the rule number one. No whiners. <laughs> no whiners. Whiners never prosper on this show. So check that out. Um, also, August 10th, I'm going to be doing, in fact, I will give away, there you go. I'm going to give away a McMillan Polymer MC3 stock at the Long Range Shooting Seminar and at the Big Game Hunting Seminar to attendees, paid attendees at Bullseye Sport. I'm going to give one away for each class. At Bullseye Sport in Riverside, August 10th, the Long Range Shooting Seminar is at 10 o'clock a.m. The Big Game Hunting Seminar is at 2. So check that out. You got it. Dude, that's... That's awesome, Phil. That's a great prize. I can't believe I'm so magnanimous. Can you? Yeah. yeah I'm wonderful, too. <laughs> Okay, folks, this is Jim you. Matthews. <laughs> it's always about you, Jim. Outdoornewsservice.com. <laughs> I'm visiting Phil today. Actually, I'm taking over the show from here on. No, I'll let you talk. Go ahead. Well, a couple things I want to talk about. You, we were talking about steel shot earlier mm-hmm. and how that's required for upland game. It's also required for large game, okay, big game, statewide. It used to be just the coast. Now it's everywhere. So, you know, one of our, our people we deal with, if you reload your own ammunition, the best bullet you can use there is that cutting edge uh, bullet. And so I use them exclusively in all of my hunting. They've got a great ballistic coefficient. They've got awesome terminal performance. 
They, they also make an incredible range of bullet weights for yeah. different calibers. I don't know why, but I've been tinkering with a 416 Taylor, and they make <laughs> they make everything from 180 to a 525. To, yeah. Well, no, I think in the 416, only 425 or something like that. Oh, oh they pikers. Might. Yeah, they might actually. You're right. For their target shooting guys, they might make a five. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it's the cool thing about that for the big bores, if, you, if you're a big bore fan. Uh, is that you can shoot really light bullets and turn it into a 300 Win Mag. You know, those 416s and 458s with those light bullets suddenly become a relatively mild, kicking, yeah. long-range gun, so you have a real versatile rifle. And that's because of the cutting-edge bullets doing a wide range of different weights. Th- that's good to know. The other thing is, like my 375 H&H, I shoot the 235-grain Raptors out of that. So, again, it's I've got a 500-yard uh, gun. That's an antelope rifle, buddy. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know too many guys that shoot antelope with 375s, but I suppose if you're in Africa, that's no that's not the way a, you should do it. Not a whole lot different than shooting an Impala with that gun. So yeah. yeah, it's it's fine. Okay, so that's coming up August 10th. Hope to see you all out there. Now, Jim Matthews, besides being a desert rat, self-proclaimed desert rat, absolutely. There's only 17 dirt roads he hasn't driven down yet. Yeah, I, I think it's 14. But yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> he he wrapped up three this morning. But he's also a woodworker in the uh, the line of Samalu. Wait, wait. Let right. me interrupt you right there. I am not a woodworker. I know woodworkers. I'm a hobbyist. All right. He plays a woodworker on the radio. I, I like to play with pretty wood, though, pretty mm-hmm. hard wood and stuff that we collect in the field. So that's how I started making these quail calls. Okay. And and it's, it you know, I, I sell a few, but mostly it's been a hobby, and I donate a lot of them to Quail Forever chapters so they can... You know, raise a raise few bucks money. for their for their good projects. So, yeah. So, if you've ever hunted valley quail, or, or gambles quail, or gambles, you'll hear a very distinct call. Well, you know, come on, everybody's a John Wayne fan. That's the sound you hear in the background of every John Wayne movie ever made. So everybody knows that sound, right? Um, it's it's a, don't don't blow the mic. <laughs> So That's a younger bird. But the same species. Yeah, those are both valley quail. I mean, right. they're like people. They have a lot of different voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger birds are, you know, usually a little higher pitch, but that changes as they, you know, hit maturity. Get their big feather going. <laughs> the top not going. So, so it's an interesting thing to hear how vocal quail are. And if you're out there scouting right now, I mean, they've got, there's younger birds in the coveys, and so they're, they're really vocal. I walked into a covey last night. I was walking my dog. and I mean, and... They were just staying like twenty five feet away in the in the the grass, looking at us. And my dog's retarded; she couldn't find them in there. <laughs> anyway, she's not a hunting dog. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you clarified no, that. No, she she is not a hunting dog. As a matter of fact, we were we were hiking one time, and there's a big bush, and we walk up to it. She hits this side of the bush. A deer jumps out that side, and the deer runs this way, and she runs that way about as fast. As she can. <laughs> yeah, not the hunting dog. Yeah. No, this is not the black mouth curs I used to have. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's just awesome to watch them and to listen to them and to hear the way that they communicate. And when you split a covey, right? Oh, yeah. That's that's when a call's real handy, especially if you jump a covey and they split and they're going a lot of different directions. And you watch and shoot as they go in one direction. And you think, oh, which can, which little side draw did they go in? Did they go up the wash or did they curve and go back down the wash or whatever? They always go up the dang wash. Yeah. Whatever's hardest to hike into, that's where they're at. Yep. Oh, yeah, always. It always goes. But, you know, and, and even guys that hunt with dogs, I don't. One of my pet peeves is, is a lot of guys don't, A, 
you know, own calls or B, know how to use them if they do. Right. And a, and a call to me is, is a valuable piece of equipment. Absolutely. It's just essential for locating stuff. And uh, it, it's also great fun. It's an easy way to scout. You know, the, you, they're real social vocal birds. And so scouting with a call is, is a real great way to cover a lot of ground and find, you know, locate coveys. Um, and doing it before the season means you're not going to go chase them when you see see or hear birds. It right. means you're going to mark them on the map and then come back later. And and that's also a great way. I mean, if you, so the important things that you're going to find for quail, I mean, when you start to find them, you'll see that the plants where you're finding them are always the same. There's like a little red brush. I, I, whenever I see this little low, round, red brush, I know that there's quail in that area. You yep. know, it's one of their favorite foods. It's chemise, by the way. It's the red, red bush. Yeah, I know what it looks yeah, like. Everybody calls it... Uh, 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 I, you know, that's the bad thing about having a science background is you go by the science names. But uh, red top is what a lot of my hunting buddies call it. Oh, yeah. there's red top. There's going to be birds here. Yeah. I mean, it's simple things like yeah. that. But you get that from from practice. And, and calling in the off season is great. You need to, you know, they need to have some kind of a water source. So in our high desert, we've got the uh, the canal runs all the way through that the desert. Yep, there's the aqueduct birds on... all the way across the Antelope Valley. There's, the, there's that aqueduct and down in the lower valleys, there's both the East High Line and the West High Line canals in the Imperial Valley. Right, so you've so got, you got birds a, along both sides of that all the way permanent down. Permanent water source, yep, yeah. yep, yeah, absolutely. It's... Plus there's you know, if you're good with maps, you'll find lots of springs, um, and then there's just literally hundreds of guzzlers that the Quail Forever chapters mm-hmm. across the region have been restoring the last few years, doing terrific work. A great way to find places to hunt and to get involved in doing some good work for wildlife. And meet some to, good people. Join meet those some groups. great people. Yeah. yeah, join those groups, and you know, and people can contact me. I'm happy to help them. You know, find find a close one to their place. That's that's real essential stuff for me. Outdoornewsservice.com. Jim Matthews. Jim, tell us about these calls now. Um, I, like I said, I like to make them out of either what you're looking at is a, is a, you know, a nice piece of uh, walnut that, uh, I've got some buddies that make gun stock, um, you know, and I get the scraps, which is kind of cool because some of the stuff that I have is just beautiful figured stuff. And so I like to use pretty wood. The other thing that I like to do is collect wood in the field. Um, you know, I, and I, and I've tried, I try everything. I mean, Can I've made a lot out Manzanita? of, I've made a, a bunch out of Manzanita. I how, use, how do those look? Really oh, good. they're beautiful. Yeah. They, they can, depending on the, you know, the cut in the grain and yeah, yeah. how many cracks and, Red and, white. and how many wormholes they have, yeah, but it's, it's beautiful stuff. One of my favorites is desert creosote. Um, you know, it's a little tiny shrub and it doesn't get big, but it's, it's got a beautiful yellow sapwood and the heartwood is almost black. And it's a beautiful contrast. It's just hard to find pieces, big you know, enough. in standing dead stuff that, that are big enough to make a call out of. And I, me, you know, and I love mesquite, desert mesquite. We have a tendency to, you know, find dead stuff out there and cut it. But all of the shrubs out in the desert, I've made them out of cat claw, and and I really love ironwood. <laughs> cat claw is great, except I keep bleeding every time. Could have used that yeah, other thing. I I only left the barbs on the call I made for you. Most other people get them rubbed <laughs> off, and I so I don't have that problem. I, I, you know, I, I hate to say this. I once made a call out of poison oak for a guy. I didn't like him particularly. And and I, you know, unfortunately, he's I not. I would like to say you're kidding. No, I wish I were, actually. I, <laughs> I can be vindictive. Let's just say that. Um, but, uh, you, you know, getting even is a fun part of things, you know. Usually it's fun like that, you know. He only used to call a couple of times, I was told. Both times his lips swelled up. What what can I say? I don't know. I don't know where we're going with that one. Okay, moving on, folks. So check this out, OutdoorNewsService.com. You sell your calls there also, right? Yeah, there's a list of, I mean, there's all the features and things that I make them out of and what I use. and Yeah, so there's stuff on there. All right, folks. Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. 
If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Bonham, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. That is good. <laughs> Hey, folks, that's, uh, that was uh, Conan the Quail Call. <laughs> oh, here it goes. Hey, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Joining me back here, I have Jim Matthews. Jim Matthews, OutdoorNewsService.com, longtime outdoor writer since the Linotype machine was um, invented. Invented, yes. Yeah, no, well, just about. You used to have to set your own print back then, right? I, we did. I worked at the Sun when we actually set Linotype machines. <laughs> Oh, do you want me to tell you those stories, or do we not want to do that? This starts, is a shooting show. Let's don't do that. It starts with four score and seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was done by hand, even. Yeah. Anyway, uh, folks, Jim has been a longtime California resident and a outdoor writer, and he knows so much about this stuff. So one of the things we've talked about is his seminars. August 17th, he's got one coming up at Rojagas. You can get it at OutdoorNewsService.com. I think, was it 60 bucks a family? Yeah, 60 bucks. Everybody in the household's welcome at those seminars. So if you want to bring your kids, they'll be bored, but you can bring them. Yeah. Well, if it's your... If Plus, you we to, like to, you know, we like to, you know, teach them what whipping is about since we grew up that way. We, if, when they get rowdy, we just slap them, you know. No, if you we have to don't. watch I'm the kids kidding. that weekend, you don't have to pay extra to bring them to the that's, seminar. That's exactly right. All right. That's very right, good. Right. So check that out. Uh, you know, have you ever shot three-gun? I, uh, I, not formally. I, I shot my first match last weekend. We could talk about it coming up here in the end of August, but that was, that's kind of an interesting uh, well, format. I, I will tell you that when uh, one of the companies, I, I can't even remember, first came out with a red dot or a holographic, actually it was a holographic site, they, to introduce them to a bunch of writers so we could see them and use them, they put them on handguns, rifles, and shotguns. And so, you know, being writers and easily bored, uh, we set up a little competition, a three-gun competition with the the holographic sights. And I got to say, it was a blast. Uh, so I can see the appeal of three-gun. However, it's done. I just like it. Just it's a fun shooting sport, and one, one of the things I liked about the three gun is it's just another thing to practice. So, you know, if you're if you're all like I love to shoot rifle. That's really my my joy. I like shooting long range. I just I like to shoot. I like to be precise on that. And then uh, I got invited to shoot this three gun match. Um, 
Mike Zingali invited me out and I shot that and I really enjoyed that. But everything's a different discipline. And when it comes to upland game and, and bird hunting, you know, what are the better ways to practice that? Um, I think that um, I, I'm, it's funny. I'm more of a rifle guy from a shooting standpoint, yeah. and I've shot rifles since I was 14 because well, I also hunt big game. And I like to that. let the birds get off the ground. Yeah. Well, and so that's why you have to learn to shoot a shotgun is because, you know, ground sluicing is frowned upon. Yes. Terribly so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know why he's looking at me like that. Um, I don't shoot them on the ground. I don't care what my brother-in-law says. Um, no, I... Um, so I became a shotgun shooter because I like to hunt as much as anything. And so most of the shooting disciplines, the, the you know, the fun ones, whether it's skeet or trap or sporting clays, all have, a, you know, a valuable application for guys that want to become better shotgun shooters in the field. Mm-hmm. And, and quite frankly, most of that is familiarity and learning to jerk, you know, learning to do the whole lead thing. And there's, you know, there's four or five different theories on how to shoot sustained lead, you know, all that. But in, and that's more of an individual thing. I think, um, I, I personally have had lessons over the years, uh, from a lot of great guys, Dan Carlisle, Olympic medalist, uh, John Satterwhite, one of the finest trick shooters in the world. I mean, I've had a whole series of people give me lessons and, Nick Sisley, uh, the late Nick Sisley, and was a great guy. That's and why they all started drinking. Too. That, well, yeah, I was going to just say that it, virtually every one of them came to the same conclusion that I was a completely incorrigible shotgun shooter, and and so I don't know what to tell you about that. But I like to, you know, I tell people, I you know, I shooting clay targets has never helped me. Plus, they don't taste very good, so I I can't get enthused about shooting clays personally. But I, I enjoy the sporting clay. Every time I do it, I always have fun. I always think, oh man, this could be an expensive hobby, yeah. uh, and I well, don't need one of those. Another one of those. So one of the things I like, I like like Rahagas has got a great sporting clays range. Absolutely. And what's different about the sporting clays and why I think it translates into hunting practice? Maybe your experience was different. No, ab- but, absolutely, this is true. But Every stage is different. The wind's blowing. Sometimes the birds are coming, or the clay pigeons are coming in with the wind. They're dropping. You see some movement on well, that. Plus, they change them all the time. So it's a dynamic sport. It's right. not like trap, where you know the thing's going to come out of that building right there in front of you. Yeah, or trap. skeet. It's going to come out of that slot in that house and that slot in that house. Right. And and on those, I mean, they those kind of become, I think, more like a game where you know exactly this presentation does this this presentation i've seen guys shooting skeet uh, who are just fantastic and he would put the gun on his thigh and hold it like this and by timing he knew where yeah right boom and that was walt jones he was he was amazing but he shot three times a week and and, um i think it was more social right than that but but he's a great shotgun shooter anyway but um my point is you need to go out in the field. I would go out in the field if you've not shot steel, which I haven't, and you're going to go up in game bird hunting. Take a couple hundred rounds of steel down to Rahagas. Shoot their sporting clays with it. Learn how that flies and where your leads are. You're going to be much happier come September 1st or October 15th or whenever you're, uh, you start hunting birds this year. Yeah, and I, I think that that's just a good warm-up anyway for guys. Um, you, you know, I, I I have a tendency not to do that very often, and... Uh, you know, it takes me longer to shoot a limit than most people. But you know, if there's lots of doves, even I get there eventually. But yeah, no, I, I when I when I go out, I, I like I like the money you make on recycling, picking up your own pile oh, of holes. Yeah, empties. Yeah, that's that's one of my big jobs <laughs> is to pick all that stuff up. And that's important. You know what? When you're out hunting, shotgun. There's a lot of shells on the ground. Pick those up. Yeah, empties need to be picked up. That's one of the biggest. 
Hey, I, I you know, get kicked off a piece of land, leave her Absolutely. In. There used to be a lot of fields down around Palo Verde, south of Blythe, that were open. One of the ranchers down there actually liked having the guys. And um, he he eventually closed his fields because people were leaving too much trash. So we lost a private land hunting opportunity down there that didn't cost anybody anything because of slobs that left crap around. And, you know, these are guys in our community. What are you thinking, guys? Pick them up. It's uh, almost as bad as somebody who brings a television set to a shooting area. Can't get away from it for even just a few minutes? Well, well unless they brought it but to they, shoot, they, then I can understand it. Throw that in the air, and then but that would the, be kind of entertaining. It's big enough to hit, yeah, but the problem is they leave the pieces there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's no good. No good. We don't need slobs in our sport. Slobs oh, I thought you meant bring else. a television to listen to or watch. You're talking about just making a mess. Yeah, yeah okay. making a no, mess. No, no, no. Yeah, that's... We don't need any slobs. We have, we have enough already. All right, Jim. So if I'm going to go scouting, which call do I need? Well, the the basic call. I have, I have bigger ones and thinner well, the, ones here. The, Is this the sound chamber difference? Yeah, there's just a slight difference in the sound. I, here, let me demonstrate for you. This is, a, this is the big sound chamber, so it's more of a – actually, it's more of a gamble's quail call. Whereas a valley quail call is a little higher pitched usually, and I make them for both. So, and, and the cool thing about the calls is that th- there's enough overlap that you can use either one, one of those calls for valley or gambles quail. But your cadence and how you do it, it is right? It's a slightly different tone. The, the valley quail call is that the typical three note call that you know most people describe as Chiquita or Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Well, I always like to say Obama because no. he's he, ever, no, that he, is not allowed on this air. He's, we have we have standards. I, See the standards up there it says no cussing, no horrible things you're saying. Don't say that O word in here. You'll be X'd off my show. Oh, I thought he was your favorite president. Um, you are borderline. Borderline, Jim. Boy. I'm going to take you out to the desert, use up a bag of lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do that. And it, it really annoys guys in my seminars when I say, oh, no, no. You just, I, don't, you, you just, you, don't, you just don't, say shh. Chicago. You've been warned. Oh. <laughs> He's got a gun out. Can you see that? He's got a gun out. Oh, no. I'm kidding. Folks. Oh, folks. Uh, so anyway, um, the other thing is, the other kind of quail hunting we have out here are mountain quail. Yeah. Now, and, I, and I did not bring a mountain quail call with me, but they're a whistle. Yeah. And I, I like the pin. I use a pintail. Works great. If you have a pintail whistle, it will generally work. It's it's The pitch is a little high. And they roll. Yeah, no, it's, well, they do. They do a one call that I've try, been trying to imitate. It's a two-note <laughs> call with a with a kind of a rolling churl in it. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, but, but, yeah, that, that, that noise I can't do. But their basic rally call, a valley quail is. You do after a Del Taco burrito. Yeah, well, that's a different end, though. It's coming out the other. Well, I never think about that. No, we won't talk about that. No, no, but the mountain quail call is a real simple, usually it's a the same rally call that the valley quail uses as, you know, the chiquita. The mountain quail call is a... Short, distinct whistles. Yeah, yeah, and it's a series like that. That was that's usually what you hear. And I, you know, I, when they have a roll, when they're happy, they roll. That. Well, that's their. That's it's a, like speaking Spanish. You have to roll your R's. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, it's a. That's good again. 
you just wanted to have that on film. That's the only reason you had me do that, because you knew it would be just goofy looking. <laughs> I know I can't do it. But no, I have, have a pintail well, call. I've been making I've been making whistles now for for uh, for mountain quail and bobwhites. Really? Yeah, I just started that a, a year or so ago because guys kept asking me, "You got a mountain quail whistle? You got a bobwhite call?" You know, and it's like, yeah, no, they're easy. You know, a lot of us use. Okay, I'll tell you the quick story of why I started doing it. Normally, I would just whistle for mountain quail. Like I did here, but you're, it was so dry. But it was windy, Santa Ana wind in the November, and I'm, it's call birds call. I'm going, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh crud, I need a call. So I came home, you know, that next day and started making a mountain quail call. And now I'm whittling away. Yeah, oh, they're, and they're really pretty. Uh, you know, I had to figure it out. You know how to do it, but. Yeah, but they, they I, I'm making some really pretty ones, and they're a little smaller than these calls, the Valley and, and Gamble Squirrel calls, but they're, um, they're they're fun. I really like them. Okay, folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. I want to thank my special guest, Jim Matthews from OutdoorNewsService.com. Always a lot of fun. He makes me pay for having him on the show, I tell you that, folks. It's just, I do this and for you. I, I do this for you. This is my service. Find out more of his seminars, OutdoorNewsService.com, OutdoorNewsService.com. August 17th at Rahagas. At Rahagas. August 10th at Bullseye Sport. See me for, for long-range shooting and uh, big game hunting. Well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. It's always fun to be here. Have a great weekend. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.